0: أجمعين. علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا يا كريم. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. أمن هو آناء الليل يحضر رحمة رب. قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون لا يعلمون إنما يتذكر Dear brothers and sisters, today I would like to share with you build on what we did so far perhaps in a more organized way to show you how we develop a plan to improve ourselves to improve our children to improve our community and I assure you by the end of this presentation inshallah you can make a good judgment where you fit where do you want your children to fit in terms of they're building their personality, building their understanding of Islam. There's a lot of information here, a lot of also intellectuality. So I would like you to listen carefully and understand and build a background. I'm sure you may have already a background. So what I present to you today perhaps help you see things differently or see your background in light of what I'm going to present to you inshallah. Uh, if I look here in <inaudible> Allah does not change the status of people until they change themselves. This is what we would like to see, how we change ourselves. In terms that apply to ourselves as well as our communities And Allah also said And this is that you will see that Allah will never change the grace uh, Which he has bestowed on, on a people Until they change what's in their own souls The change starts from us, in other words. And this is is a very important chart for us over here to see the plan of change. And I think uh, most of you, if not all of you, are working somehow in a planning in a way or another. So if you look here, this is where we currently are. This is where you are, and this is where you want to be. So I wanna, I wanna see, I wanna bring a change to myself so that I bring the targeted change to myself, to my family, to my children from this point to this point, from the red to the green. So I wanna, I wanna come up with a plan and evaluate that plan and hopefully through the process, through that plan and through my evaluation, I'll reach the targeted change Actually that's the title of a book That I'm working on right now And hopefully I will I got most of the slides for the book ready Uh, Ultimately you want to set your vision You want to set what you want to do As an individual Or as a community In light of the vision of Prophet Muhammad In light of what Allah wants us to do In light of the community that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu built in Medina. So that model is going to be clear in your mind. What was it that Allah wanted the Muslims to be? What is it that Allah wanted the Muslim community to be in? Where, what is the vision? What do we want? Where do we want ourselves, our community to be at? That is, that should be clear in our minds, Especially the leadership. especially. Thank you. Especially the leadership of the school The leadership of the community Gotta be clear about this vision over here Where do we want to be? Take for example The Islamic School of Irving Alhamdulillah they achieved accreditation So what's next? That has to be clear In the minds of the leadership And if it's not clear It's gotta be clear How do we clear that? We clear it From the Sunnah and from the Quran In terms of the vision of Prophet Muhammad And that by itself is not an easy task It's a big task that we can work on But I will skip that part now We can talk about it in some other time Then if that is clear And I know where I am Actually the difference between the green and the red If I subtract the red from the green I should come up with the needed change so the needed change would equal the green minus the red. Gives you the amount of change that is needed. Just as simple as that. Here is what I want. Here is where I am. The difference is what I need to do. Just as simple as that. And then I come up with a plan. And this plan should have elements in it. And these are the elements in the plan. i got to set my priorities. I gotta sit where, what is it that I wanna do first? In light of what the Prophet did first. And we did that before. So we already covered this part in our previous programs. Then, approaches. What are the different approaches that are available to me to apply? Does it fit, does the approach that I'm gonna follow, does it fit my personality or does it not? Does it fit what I want to do or does it not? Because there are different approaches, as I will explain to you, that one can use to apply Islam or to teach his children or to teach himself or herself. Which one I would like to follow? That is what we want to cover today or part of what we want to cover today, inshallah. We covered part of it and I want to continue with it. And then I would do my work in phases and steps. As the Prophet ﷺ did his work in phases and steps And then I want to make sure that I do not have myself or my children Go to extremism Or at the same time lose their identity So you have two sides Either become extremist Or dissolve and lose the identity it's Definitely Islam is in the middle The balance How do I achieve that balance? That becomes the safeguards that we want to do So as you see That is the road map That we want to do for ourselves Or we want to do for our children Or we want to do for our community At the same time So let's take a few of these things And we already explored that So I'll, I'll, I'll explore with you a few of the things we did So we move to the things that we did We said Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu sallam, Took his companions from point one to point two. we established that and climbed the mountain with them and then we said that this process was done in steps as the Prophet did it in steps through the 13 year in Mecca and the 10 year in Medina or the total of the 23 years we explored that together and then we said that these were, should be the steps that every Muslim should follow and if we draw a curve through these that's what we did in the previous sessions and we came up with this curve that is the development curve for any Muslim that is going to follow. And we said that the, that age between, say, 12 and 20 is the most critical age that one would face. And that's the most difficult age for in the Talbiyah process in terms of the difficulties that we face with our children. We explored that. And then we started setting the priorities and we did the setting of the priorities in light of the, the priorities that Allah put for Prophet Muhammad For example, from the first surah that was revealed, اقرأ ربك الذي From the word اقرأ, in the name of your Lord, in the name of your Lord. So you do everything in the name of Allah. We said that faith or iman should be a priority. And then we concluded from the word اقرأ and Al-Qalam, that reading and writing was a priority So we concluded from this That knowledge is a priority reading and, ref- reflect, reading and writing reflect knowledge So we said, knowledge is another priority that we have Then we explored together The first few surahs that were revealed to Prophet Muhammad And this is a list of them So the next after Iqraq was Al-Mudathir So we looked at Al-Mudathir and we saw that there were a couple of things <laughs> So we, we concluded that takbir Was one of the most important priorities So that when we say Allahu Akbar When your child says Allahu Akbar When we teach ourselves to say Allahu Akbar In the salah, in the Eid, every place That was early in the history of Islam That was a priority That was the signature stamp That tells that you are a Muslim or tells everybody that this whenever you hear somebody says Allahu Akbar, that's a Muslim. At the airport or somebody says Allahu Akbar, that's a Muslim and so on. And that was a very that was done very early in the history of Islam as you see. These were the very early surahs that were, the second surah that was revealed to Prophet Muhammad. Then we learned that Tahara is one of the priorities. So we learned from this that Pahara is a priority takbir is a priority and we learn from the next surah Ya Illa we learn that salah is a priority again the very early weeks of Islam very early part of the history of Islam of the revelation of the Quran the very first few early verses that were revealed we concluded that salah was also a priority we concluded also from surah al-qalam Surely you have the best character We concluded that character was also a priority And we said that these were the four important priorities Faith, knowledge, salah, character And we set these as priorities for the Islamic school of Irving And you ask any child in the school Most of the children already got this And they know you ask them what is your priority you ask a child in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, they'll tell you these are our priorities, alhamdulillah. The majority of the students got this right, alhamdulillah. And here is the rest of the, of the priorities. Tilawa, for example, Warati lil Qur'an a tartila. We learned that tartila al Qur'an in Surah Al was a priority, and so on. We already established these things. So that we finished the priorities, and then we moved to the approaches, and that's where I want to spend some time with you today. And we explored part of the approaches. And here is a list of the approaches that I would like to share with you. We've shared the first one, and we can talk about the second one today, and maybe maybe skim through the rest of them just to give you, since this is the last lecture for this year. So hopefully inshallah we cover part of it. Here is a list of the things when you follow the approach perhaps one would focus more on the heart on the iman on the, rather than focusing on the appearance rather than focusing on the way you look and we explored that together uh, and we said <clears throat> and here is what we did we said fix the inside and the inside will fix the outside fix the heart and the heart will fix the rest of the body And the heart will fix the person Or fix the outside And this will automatically fix the inside We explored that And we said that fixing the inside Was the approach that Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu followed And that was the principle that Islam did So fixing one's heart Fixing the taqwa, fixing the iman Will make the rest of the body Make khushur. As Umar bin Khattab said, if, the person, if this person's heart Make khushu His, uh, his heart makes khushu the, best, the rest of his body will make khushu When he saw somebody was not really making khushu In salah And we heard the Prophet ﷺ saying That Allah does not consider the way you look Allah looks into your hearts That's the main thing that Allah would weigh And then we looked at A lady say for example Without hijab And then you put a hijab on that lady and then she'll become a Muslim or will kneel down. We explored that together. And then in the second approach, that's what I would like to spend some time with you today and explore the rest of these quickly. The comprehensive versus the selective approach. When we talk about comprehensive, we're talking about what do you want to do? Do you want to apply Islam in total or do you want to apply part of Islam? Do you want, for example, we have different Islamic groups applying different methodology. Which one do you want to follow? You have a group, Islamic group, that says, I want you to do a total change in all aspects of your life. You have another group that says, I want you to focus on your dress. If you focus on your dress If you focus on the sunnah If you focus on how you dress How you eat How you walk You're going to be a good person And that will reflect In you and in everything We see that clearly In the work of different Islamic ideology Of different groups Salafi groups for example More emphasis On the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad Especially in the dress Especially in the way You deal with other people that's a very important element in Islam That's an important part of our lives And they believe that if this part is fixed The rest of your life will be fixed Which, is, which makes sense Which is an approach that is valid Approach that could be used On the other hand You have people who tell you Okay Follow what the Prophet ﷺ followed The Prophet ﷺ followed a comprehensive approach He was dealing with politics and leading the ummah and at the same time he was dealing with the the dress. He was dealing with the beard. He was dealing with all the surface aspects of Islam. He was dealing with the economy. He was dealing with the family. He acted as a parent. He acted as as a community leader. And you cannot separate this from this. So you have to bring a balance to your life. And you have to follow that comprehensive way of looking into Islam. You see? And you have mass, for example. Or ikna, for example. You're following the approach. And they want you to give them their children so that they raise them. You have mass youth, for example. They bring you soccer. And they want you to bring your children to soccer. The next day, they bring you a speaker to talk about care and... and, and uh, Politics and how you get involved in politics in the USA. Same group. The next day they're getting you somebody to talk about parenting. They follow different approaches. That again goes with the comprehensive way of applying Islam. They want you to take Islam as a comprehensive religion. They want to take all aspects of the Muslim personality and bring it in the child and hopefully the child will grow healthy and balanced between all these aspects of life. That's an approach. You see? Now, which approach you want to do? Which approach you want to follow? Both were done by Prophet Muhammad and both were equally good. Which approach depends on you and what you feel comfortable with and your personality and the leadership style and the masjid and what the leadership want to do If you're talking about the community level If you're talking about the individual level What do I want to do with my child And what approach I want to bring The question that comes to mind Which approach did Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam follow And which approach does the Quran want us to follow Whether you are following say the Salafi trend for example or following mass trend, or following any other trend. It doesn't matter. What what do we want ultimately to do? Ultimately, we want everybody to apply Islam and follow the model of Prophet Muhammad and build our community in the best shape. That is what we want ultimately to do. So the starting point will be different from one approach to the other. But both approaches, they want at the end to have Islam applied. And have people living In the the spirit of Islam Applying Islam in total The difference is How you reach that level And how you plan For that level That is the difference And that's where we see Differences And you know taste Differences in the way you look at things And I would like to share with you Today Part of the Nature of Islam To look at things From that perspective To look at it From the perspective Of being comprehensive So let me take uh, Take for you for, for example A verse In the Quran Where Allah said In the Quran Today I completed My religion, My favor upon you And uh, and and have you know completed your religion, I also perfected my ni'ma upon you and accepted Islam for you as the final religion. So when you look at this verse, our religion is complete, the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is complete, and Allah chose Islam for us. The three qualities are there, and actually when Abu Bakr radiallahu an Heard this this verse He started to cry with tears Same with Umar ibn al-Khattab And they predicted That this is The end of Prophet Muhammad They said if this is the case Islam is complete The religion is done The name of Allah is perfect Then the end is coming And actually Prophet Muhammad Died, passed away about 80 days after that You see So a verse like that is a very important verse. But I would like to bring to your attention the fact that this was not a verse. This was only half a verse. Half of the verse. Which half? First half or second half? So it's the second half of verse, and I think verse 3 or 4 in Surah Al-Ma'idah. The first half talked about الحلال حرام فود حرمت عليكم. The list of the categories of the حرام فود حرمت عليكم الميتة والدم ولحم الخنزير وما أهل لغير الله به والمنخنة والمقودة والمتردية والنطية وما أكل السبع إلا ما ذكئتم وما ذبح على النصب وأن تستقسموا بالأزلام ذلكم فص اليوم يئس الذين كفروا من دينكم فلا تخشون and then the second half اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم Then what is the significance? The first half talks about haram things Haram for you The, the, the certain kinds of the dead meat The blood The flesh of the swine And the list of the haram kinds of meat What is the significance of having this Before Allah told us Your religion is complete You see What is the significance of inserting this Before saying your religion is complete It's a very important question And I want you to do some thinking about it And I did some (laughs) thinking about it And I came to the following conclusion That Our religion Would not be complete Without halal food this little item in our lives become very important. Eating halal is a very important aspect of Islam. Makes the ni'mah of Allah complete. Makes the, the Islam complete. It completes, perfect. Like you build the house and the house looks very beautiful but the paint is not done. But the windows are not done. Or the air conditioner unit is not done. And it will not be complete until you really put everything together. And that's the importance of this. The only exception is that this is part of the religion, part of it. You have to eat halal food. You cannot eat haram food. It's, it's a sin, it's haram. You see? So, to those who want to be little parts of Islam and think, oh, we focus on this or we don't. Look at this. This is what Allah said. Everything is important in Islam. Ultimately, everything is important. Everything makes your religion complete. You look at it from this angle, you understand what is this meant. And that's why in the same surah we read there, Allah said to Prophet Muhammad ﷺ in verse 49 of Surah Al-Ma'idah وَأَنُحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ وَاحْذَرْهُمْ أَنْ يَفْتِنُوكَ عَمْ بَعْضِ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ Rule among them with what Allah has revealed to you. Do not follow their desires and rule. Be aware lest they deviate you or take you away from some of what Allah has revealed to you. Some, not all. Very significant word. The word some is a very significant word. Why? Because it indicates to us that maybe they will not take you away from all Islam. But they can take you away from parts of Islam. Say for example, well, forget about the Islamic dress. Why Islamic dress? You're living in the USA and the USA is complicated. And you know the people at that time Prophet were living like that, but now we are in a modern age and it does not matter. And they argue with you that Islamic dress was not like that and people made it like that, they argue with you. And then some of us who are Muslims may listen to them and drop the Islamic dress. And live as Muslims without the Islamic dress. And Allah is saying to Prophet Muhammad Be aware, lest they take you away from some of what we have revealed to you. You see? So that some becomes very important. Take it all. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amalu dhukhulu fissilmikafha. O oh, you who believe, enter Islam in total. So that is the total nature of Islam. And when Allah said enter Islam in total It means enter Islam in total Take all aspects of Islam into consideration That's a very important part Whether you want to start step by step And apply part and then you reach the everything at the end It's fine Or whether you want to apply it comprehensive from the beginning It's fine But ultimately the ultimate change Should target a comprehensive way of looking into Islam it's a very important part of our understanding. Another part here that I want to share with you is the verse in which in Surah Yusuf, where the, when Yusuf alayhi salam was in jail, and then the king sent to him a messenger. And the messenger came and said to Yusuf alayhi Yusuf salam, The king wants you to be out of jail. The kings want you to be his advisor. You're going to be the prime minister. You're going to be the best, the most important person in the country. Come out of jail. Yusuf refused. He said, No, I'm not going to get out of jail. Go back to your Lord, go back to your Rabb, and ask him what happened to the ladies who accused me and the question here that comes to us when he said to him go back to your lord go back to your rab who's his rab here is it Allah or is it the king is it Allah or is it the king the king and Yusuf used the term rabbika to express the king and Yusuf as we know was hakim Allah gave him the ilm and the hikmah gave him the ilm and the knowledge Knowledge and the wisdom. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Yusuf and Surah Yusuf is full of knowledge and wisdom, and this is the nature, the gift that Allah gave to Yusuf. So his choice of words are carefully made. We express the word Rabb, for example, Rabbul Bayt. The The man of the house called Rabbul Bayt. Why is Rabbul Bayt? Because he's the man, he's there, the one to be obeyed, he's he's the one to be listened to. You see? He's the one who gives the orders and everybody follow. So the Rabb here, if the king told the slave who went to Yusuf, do that, the slave will do it. If he said don't do it, he'll not do it. If he tells him, kneel down, he'll kneel down. Stand up, he'll stand up. Do this, he'll do that. Don't do that, he'll not he's not gonna do that. And so on. The Rabb is the one you obey. The Rabb is the one you follow. The Rabb is the one that you don't question. You carry out the order immediately. That is the definition of the Rabb. And actually, Adi ibn Hatim came to the Prophet ﷺ with a cross in his neck. And the Prophet ﷺ was was not happy with that. And he uh, said to to Adi that, you know, you worshipped your, your people. He said, we did not worship them. And then the Prophet ﷺ explained to him Didn't they make for you Halal, Haram And Haram, Halal And you followed them This is your ibadah to them This is how you worship them So following other people Whatever they say Whatever they ask you to do Is considered in this case In in this case ibadah Or the Rabb in this case And for us as Muslims Who is our Rabb? Allah And the Quran says Inna rabbakum Allah Your Rabb is Allah And that's a very important verse That comes to us Uh, And that's why we read in Surah Al-An'am The opposite of, of that Actually when our Rabb is Allah What do we call that? This is, this is actually the meaning of tawhid. One of the most important meanings of tawhid. And we have here Tawheed al uluhiyyah Tawheed al In general, when you ask people, Who created you? They would say, Allah. Who created the heavens and the earth? They would say, Allah. Including the Kafirs who were at the time of Prophet Muhammad s.a.w. And Allah said in the Quran, if you ask them who created the heavens and the earth, they would say Allah. But they don't worship Allah. The Rabb is something different. The Rabb is different than Allah. Allah is not the Rabb. The Rabb is their desire, their leaders, whatever they want to follow. But definitely, the Rabb was something. And Allah was something They only acknowledged Allah But did not acknowledge Allah as their Rabb It's a very important part For the leadership especially For us over here Who taken taking the lead as I will explain this, key, this verse is a verse That gives you a vision Of what you need to do And I will share that with you Shortly So in this case we find The opposite of not following That model is going to be shirk and Allah said قُلْ Say, verily my lord has guided me to a way that is straight, a religion of right, the path by Abraham, the true in faith, and he certainly joined no partners with Allah And then we read قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ Say, my salah, my nusuk, my life, my death, all of it belongs to Allah. And then the next verse that we read there قُلْ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ أَبْغِي رَبَّا وَهُوَ رَبُّ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Am I going to take other than Allah as my Rabb? And he's the Rabb of everything. So who's the Rabb of everything? Allah. This verse is saying, And I'm going to choose other than Allah as my Rabb. And He is, meaning Allah, the Rabb of everything. That is a key verse. For us as leadership, and as I said, this puts for us this verse, I just quoted the verse and I said Tawheed al and Tawheed al And all our tasks, all the things that the leadership prepares for the Muslims should be directed towards that. Everything else should be directed towards that. If I don't have if some one of the things I'm doing is not in line with that, you bring it to that. When Brother Jafar here made the announcement. The brother who has a taxi cab That is not in line with what we have in the masjid here Please take it out That's in line of that Because in that case The Rabb of that person Who put this sign Doesn't maybe Doesn't know this The analysis of this And he's not doing it with that intention But at the end In that part There is a separation In that part Between what Allah is saying And what we do in, uh, in, in this example You see And the two will not be the same Until both of them Follow what Allah wants us to follow So the, the leadership comes here As was done And wants to bring everything in line with that So that it follows this model Anybody who is not in line with this model The leadership tells them Please do this Please do that You as the husband, as husband the, uh, of the wife there You see something wrong You see. Please do that The wife sees something wrong Please correct that So you want to bring everything in line With the rules so that There is a harmony in the house There is a harmony in the community And everybody is following That model that we have over here And actually That is the path to Jannah If we do that Then this is a way That leads us to Jannah Inshallah So here I put graphically for you The concepts Summarizing the concept That we said You have here The Tawheed And the opposite of it Shirk of course So you want Everything to be in line With that And you have Allah And you have the Rabb If Allah If your Rabb Is not Allah Then they are Separate from each other and they would, you would not really make it, would not be making tawheed. You would not be in line with Islam until everything, comprehensive, nature of Islam comes in line. Until you do everything in line with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, in line of what the Prophet did. When you do that, you are in total submission to Allah. You have total tawheed. You have no shirk at all. That's the beauty of this model. If you have 10%, not applying that, then you have 90% tawheed, 10% shirk. If you have done it 80%, then you have 80% tawheed, 20% shirk. And that's where we read in Surat Yusuf alayhi salam, the one that we quoted, we read towards the end of it, illa wahum mushriku. And the majority of them would not believe in Allah except with shirk. They believe in Allah but they believe with shirk. That shirk could be 1%, could be 10%, could be 20%, or could be 100% percent. of course it's not going to be 100%. With the Muslims it's not going to be 50%. It's going to be a fraction, small tiny fraction with the Muslims where there is a separation and their identity between what Allah ordered them and what they do. That, that happens to many of us And it becomes important that I bring My Rabb becomes Allah So the more this comes close And until your Rabb is Allah And until they are the same You have not achieved Tawheed And you will achieve Tawheed Full submission to Allah When the two come together perfectly When there is no separation Then as this model tells us here In this point when they reach 100% The three here becomes only one shot Then we have fulfilled the Tawheed And we are in full agreement Full submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that shows that everything in our life, That comprehensive nature of Islam That model I apply it to my children I apply it to my community As leaders of the community, you make sure that this model is there. As leaders of your family, you make sure that your children are following that model. If your child is not doing things in line of Islam, you should have a plan. Whether you want that to be done 100% now, or you want to stagger it and do 10% today, 10% tomorrow, you follow a gradual approach, it's fine. And here comes the differences between different people and what they want to do. That's, that's a very important concept in applying Islam. That's a very important approach in dealing with Islam. And that what will bring all of us into harmony And all of us will go into the ultimate justice and truth And will help us get into that point that we have And this is what we are trying to do in the Islamic school When we bring all aspects of Islam The principles and the values The taqwa, the leadership skills The knowledge that we give them The faith and the practice The Islamic character We work on all of that comprehensive way Comprehensive approach to applying Islam Until we get our children They enter the school as Muslims They leave the school as muhsins And I call that the Islamic school shaping factory And this is the model That the Islamic school of Irving is following And that's the model that our community Should be following And everybody else should be following In applying Islam My dear brothers and sisters In Surah Al-Hajj you see something very interesting. In Surah Al-Hajj, you see a verse, verse 39, talking about jihad. Jihad in Surah Al-Hajj. I thought Surah Al-Hajj is about rituals. I thought Surah Al-Hajj is about ibadah. It tells you what you do in Hajj and all the different procedures in Hajj. yes, but also in Surah Al-Hajj, there is a talk about jihad. And jihad is tied to hajj. Hajj where you only work clothes and where you only make tasbih and zikr to Allah. You're talking about jihad? Yes. That's the nature of Islam. And Allah said, لِلَّذِينَ يُقَاتَلُونَ بِأَنَّهُمْ وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ Permission is granted to those who were wrong. And Allah will bring them victory. Permission meaning to fight back, to defend yourself. And Allah then said, "Wala wuladukullahin nasabahum bi ba'zin lahdim al-saramu wa biya'u wa salawatu wa masajidu yizkaru fi asmalahi kathira." "Wala yansuranna Allahu ma yansuru." "Inna Allahu laqawiun aziz." So it says, if Allah didn't stop people from spreading corruption through the hands of other people, would have seen. Synagogues, churches and places of worship And masjids would have been destroyed So in other words Jihad is going to stop Stop the spread of corruption Jihad is what is going to protect The masjid Is what is going to protect the church Is what is going to protect the synagogue Is what is going to protect in general Other places of worship You see It makes false sense. if you understand that Islam is a comprehensive religion and you cannot separate rituals from jihad or jihad from rituals or economy from the rest of Islam or halal meat as we have said from Islam as a complete religion they come all together package and you gotta teach Islam as a package which one you start first which one you start second this is a different story But the comprehensive nature of Islam is going to be clear in our minds and we apply Islam in total, my dear brothers and sisters. That covers, see we covered here, the intrinsic versus the extrinsic approach, the comprehensive versus the selective approach, and now I come to the third approach, the use of the brain versus the use of the text. And that's a very important aspect. What time is Adhan? Nine thirty-five? Nine (laughs) forty five? Okay. Yiqama is ten? Okay, that's good. That gives us some time if you don't mind. Because what I'm presenting to you is really very important in understanding Islam. Building a mental picture, especially for those who are in the leadership and especially for those who want to bring their children knowingly to where they should be. So the approach is very important. The third approach that I want to share with you is The use of the brain versus the use of the text What is this referring to? There are two ways of applying Islam More than one way And sometimes you find people Want you to follow the text Either the verse from the Quran or a hadith That's what I mean by text Follow the text blindly And the other approach is Use your brain and let me give you an example That you're all familiar with Okay We come in Ramadan At the end of Ramadan And we want to pay zakat. How am I going to pay this zakat? The Prophet Sallallahu said "Sa' from qamh Or sha'ir You know You, you get a sa' Of tamr Or sha'ir Or wheat Wheat or barley Or dates Or raisin You know and you give it to the poor. That's what the Prophet ﷺ said. But Imam Abu Hanifa says, you can pay it in money. And this is what the, is announced in the masjid over here. You take like $10 now. So is it going to be $10? Or is it going to be wheat and rice and barley and dates? You see? I was the Imam of the masjid in Kansas, in Lawrence, Kansas. And I used to get people coming, brings me wheat, rice, and all, you know, dates, and give it to me. And sometimes I I understand where they're coming from. And then I wonder what am I going to do with with these things. Sometimes it's difficult to take this and then distribute it to people. But because I understood where they're coming from, and that's a valid approach, I accepted it. Though it was not easy, as when you have the money in hand, you ask that person, why wouldn't you pay it in money? No, this is not what the Prophet said. You see, the Prophet said, do it that way. And I'm going to follow the Prophet exactly as he said. That's an approach. So, following the text is an approach and perhaps or most probably it's more safer than following the brain the question is is the 10 dollar equivalent to this logically yes it's equivalent to this they are the same in terms of logic but in terms of approaches no they are not the same the, the wheat or the dates or the rice you're following the sunnah the other one you're not following the sunnah that's how they looked at it um, this approach is valid this approach is valid which one you're going to follow in your life which one you're going to train your child to follow in life that becomes a critical issue and a decision you have to make for raising your children educating yourself and your children because you're going to be consistent consistency is very important and that's why the brilliance of Imam Ahmad, who followed this text, for example, Imam Ahmad ibn Hamd, he's very consistent. Imam al halifa is consistent in his approach. Consistency becomes a very important element. When you look at this issue, when you ask Imam Ahmad ibn Hamd, he says, This is ibadah. Ibadah, zakah is ibadah, so I gotta follow the Prophet. Hassan. And what am I going to do in the day of judgment When Allah asks me I say if I do a mistake I say this is what the Prophet did and doing it exactly as the Prophet did So not changing things You see But perhaps the person who follows the logic Say well I tried because it didn't really fit the circumstances Both will have Argument But you can see that both arguments are Valid and strong You make a decision who you want to be and how you want to raise your children which approach and which approach fits the USA which approach fits the Muslim community that's a very important question okay take for example if a if a lady is killed by mistake and the man is killed by mistake The hadith says That the diyah, The amount of money you pay The retribution for The mistake For a woman is half that of a man But when you look at the Imam uh, Abu Hanifa Who is going to be following logic Says well look Both are human souls and the Quran says, a bin nafs. A human soul for a human soul. So I'm going to use that logic. And rumumul Quran, the Quran and what the Quran, the generality of the Quran, I'm going to apply it. I'm not going to apply the hadith. But the one who follows the text, they say, I'm going to apply. I have a hadith here. I'm going to apply the hadith. Which one are you going to follow? As a leadership, which one are you going to follow? In this case The logic Or the text The brain or the text And these are two schools Madrasatul Athar Versus Madrasatul Aql Aql, the brain Al-Athar meaning the hadith Or the text Which one you going to follow It's a very Valid question Both are correct and we should not blame one another and say, well, I ordain the good and forbid the evil. It's not for forbidding the evil and ordaining the good because both are correct. Both are approaches that were well accepted by Muslim scholars and both as its origin is in the Quran or in the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad becomes very important for us to look into these issues, analyze them, understand them. Okay, the idea of the non-Muslim in the hadith is Not the same as the diya of a Muslim. What am I going to do? Am I going to apply this blindly or am I going to use logic and say that you use the argument of Imam Abu Hanifa? May Allah be pleased with him. See, these are different issues that face us as Muslims, and it is very important to realize that we come to a point where you're faced with a situation where you have to make decisions you look into Imam Ahmed, school of the of the of the the Athar, or the school of an nakl an nakl meaning you take it from the Hadith you you make getting it through the Hadith, versus the school of al-Aql, or the school of the brain that brings things through the logic you look and you wonder how they look into things You ask Imam Ahmad Okay, I'm going to use logic He looks and says Where the hadith is? Is there a hadith? Is there a verse? If there is a verse, everybody was put forward. Both teams, there's no problem The problem comes in when you don't have an evidence So when you don't have an evidence Then you start looking for something here or there So to Imam Ahmad I better use a hadith that is not very authentic than to use my logic. The Imam Abu Hanifah, I better use the logic than to use a hadith that is not that much authentic. You see the difference? But Imam Ahmad says, a hadith that is not well authentic is much better than using my logic. At least when I stand in front of Allah, I have something that is coming from the Prophet maybe it's not that authentic but it's better than the logic the logic could be right could be wrong these are two schools and I'm talking here about schools not specifically Imam Ahmad or not specifically Imam Abu Hanifa these are examples because it's a way of thinking which way of thinking you like and which way of thinking you want to follow That decides and determines your personality. That decides and determines your approach as a a Muslim. You, the leadership, you should choose. Which one you want to choose? You bring an imam. The imam that you're going to bring is going to have either this or this, or a combination of both. Then it becomes a deciding factor. What do you want to do as a leadership when you bring the imam to interview Do you have a way of thinking? Do you want to make a decision based on these criteria? Or you just want somebody and that's it? If you do things knowingly, you have these approaches in mind. And you have your plan. And you know where you're going. And you know what you're going to be doing. If you know that, then the road map is already decided. Then you bring the person that fits into your road map. And not the opposite. Unfortunately in many cases you bring somebody And this person takes you to a different route You never know about Until you discover this is not what I want But what I'm bringing to you now Helps you make decisions Helps you make decisions for yourself And for your family The next is One way approach versus multiple approaches Okay. Before I do that Let me just maybe take Depending on the time What time is it now Okay Okay Let me just introduce to you Two concepts And then inshallah we, We can move to something else And then we conclude in five minutes This is a chart here That shows you Here is a place Where Prophet Muhammad Was sitting Say he was sitting In the masjid And talking to his companions In that place and here were sitting companions Companion 1, Companion 2, Companion 3, 4, 6, 7, 8 And this companion listened to the Prophet And gave it to another companion And gave a text Text meaning a hadith The body of the hadith And this took, gave it to a successor Who did not see the Prophet A companion is the one who saw the Prophet sal- A successor is the one who saw a companion so a successor Tabi'een One of the Tabi'een Took it from the companion And gave it to another successor And the other successor Gave up the body of the hadith Takes two If we have the hadith Coming through one chain This is a chain 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 of narrators And this is the hadith itself If we have the hadith Coming only through one chain It's going to be hadith Ahad Ahad meaning Coming through one Chain Only one of these Brought it to us The rest were not there We're not listening to the Prophet If we have it Everybody here Listening to the Prophet And everybody Sending it to other people Then we have multiple chain Multiple chain is called Mutawatir Mutawatir is the strongest The one that comes through All these chains Is much stronger Than the one that comes through Only one chain Okay The reason I'm bringing to you this Is that when you deal with the Hadith When you deal with the Sunnah You will have different variations Mutawatir which is very strong That comes almost in the same level As the Quran Because the Quran came to us through Tawatir Through multiple chains But the ahad, you can have strong You can have good You can have weak Sahih, Hasan, Da'if You can have these categories there And as we analyzed When you deal with this With this spectrum then here comes the rule of the logic When you come with something that is In between the good and the weak Then those who are school of the logic They're going to prefer to use the logic Than to use a hadith that is located here You see That's their preference So that, that should be kept in mind So let's go back here to This And go quickly over one way approach Versus multiple approach there are people who tell you okay I'm going to tell my child I'm going to teach my child different opinions about that issue I'm going to tell my child that there are two opinions both are correct and my child feel free to, to follow any of these because both, both of them are correct and there are people who tell just tell them one, one, one thing don't, tell, don't confuse it." Just give him one And let him live with it They do the same thing with the adults They don't want to mention to you Different opinions They want to mention only one opinion The opinion they believe in And that's it They want all the people in the masjid To apply that opinion And that's it They want all the people to apply Say for example the wheat and, and, and rice They don't want anybody else Any other opinion Or they want the opposite and that's it this is an approach this is an approach which one you want to follow with yourself with your children with your community it's your choice you make the choice you decide but whatever you decide you better bring a logic and a reason for it why you chose that and is it In line with the other approaches that are here Most probably The one who is going to follow one way approach Is going to be the one who is Not using the logic Is going to be the one Who is following selective approach Is going to be the one Who is following extrinsic approach Most probably Not necessarily the case But most probably There is those who want Accommodating versus precautionary Accommodating meaning Okay Islam will make your life easy Sharia is to make your life easy So you ask me as an imam I'll try to make it easy for you I'll find ways To make your life easy You ask me how you're going to buy a house I'm going to try to find a way I know it's difficult in the USA But we'll look into the Sharia Maybe we'll build our Islamic banking system Maybe we'll do this Maybe we'll do that You try to accommodate And the other approach is Haram Or it's Close the store Say for example If women drive There is a chance that Somebody attacks them If the car stops So why let them drive? Stop them from driving That's an approach The accommodating versus the precautionary So as a precautionary approach Don't let them drive Okay To protect them But the accommodating say Okay I'm gonna let them drive But I'm gonna put You know Some steps Take some steps to protect them Which approach You prefer you ask the leadership, are we going to bring a sports program here in the masjid? Well, you're going to bring sports, you're going to bring people who are not committed to Islam, you're going to bring people who shorts, you're going to bring people who going to break over the rules in the masjid. Stop this nonsense. We're not going to have this problem. Close the door to that problem. That's the precautionary approach. The accommodating says, let's do it and find ways to solve these problems. And they find ways to solve the problems. Which approach you want to follow? Which approach you want your leadership to follow? Which approach you want your children to apply? You see? Both are there. It's your choice. It's your decision. Especially if you are in a leadership position. You make decisions that will have consequences on people because these decisions are going to affect the lives of the Muslims are going to affect the options that are available to Muslims are we limit the options or will open the door for options are you going to bring other leadership that disagree with you to the masjid are you going to allow people who disagree with you to come and speak from the podium here Or are you going to be a and say Anybody who's going to bring a problem I'm not going to allow anybody to talk Both Of these approaches Are followed And both has their logic Which one you prefer Which one You want to be on It's your choice And at the end Your children will build A personality based On that choice That you make for them Another approach And I conclude with that approach Are you gonna follow Islam Blindly Or are you gonna Follow it With understanding In other words Are you gonna try to find ways To understand the rule and the logic behind it Or are you gonna follow things blindly It's sometimes you find people who follow Imam Abu Hanif From Afghanistan and from parts of Pakistan They became blind followers Blind followers And Imam Abu Hanif is the one who is using all the logic in the world But they put all the logic on the side And followed blindly the rules that he established You see Which one you want to do blind follower or an educated follower enlightened follower you want to understand you want to see the logic you want to make the decision yourself you want your child to understand the rule and why it was set and want to break it and when not to break it it's your choice you make the decision and at the end you're going to affect the personality of your child and how your child is going to be. And who the child is going to be. Is it going to be a, a, an imam who is open? Is it going to be a, a Muslim leader who is open to you know, all the things that we talked about? Or is it going to be an imam who is precautionary? Who's, who is one way? Who is following the text? Who is this? Who is this? It's you who decide this. And it's your choice which will affect how the leadership will be our future leadership. Dear brothers and sisters, what I presented to you today takes lectures to explain. I just gave you the overall picture, and actually each of these approaches requires almost a course in understanding it, or at least one or two or three lectures about each one to really give it its depth but I preferred since this is our last lecture for this year I prefer to give you the overall picture so that you see where we are and finally I would like to remind you with our plan that's where we were that's where we wanted to be and we came up with a plan that has priorities, approaches and we are here in the approaches the phases and the steps are still there. The safeguards that protect against extremism or protect against no personality and dissociation in the society we have not covered. Hopefully, inshallah, and in other chances will cover these. And hopefully, you will follow this plan, inshallah, or any other similar plan. May Allah protect you and help you sit. For your children, the road map for themselves, insha'Allah. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, so I can...